Before I get to the scripture uh, passage, I think it's probably appropriate for me to tell you this. Uh, I'm a Methodist. I don't know if that revokes this whole thing. I have no idea if this is going to screw all that up, but uh, we'll do the sermon anyway. Uh, the sermon's actually from John uh, chapter 13. It's only two verses, but I think, uh, I think pretty much the whole Bible uh, rests on these two verses. It's uh, verses 34 and 35. I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The word of God for the people of God. I am exciting. I am just bursting to be here. Um, everybody, a bunch of people asked, how do, we, how do you know Heather? And Heather was one of the very first people I met when I walked into seminary in 2013, maybe? I think it was right around there. Um, long time ago, I remember uh, Heather was 45 at the time, and uh, <laughs> she looked great. She looked great just like she does now. She was fantastic. Uh, no, but I am excited to be here. I, 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 I do church on Monday nights. Uh, I do it down in Denver. It's called After Hours, and we meet in bars and restaurants all over the city. So I'm available on Sunday, so I get asked to guest preach quite a bit. Uh, the difference being, normally when I'm asked to guest preach, the preacher who I'm preaching for isn't in the room, not sitting right there. And to be completely honest, usually we just go get ice cream. That's what we do. So we're going to do it different this time. Uh, I prepared a sermon for today, uh, but in all seriousness, uh, I believe that there has been a trend in the church in the past three, four, five centuries that clergy have continued to get more and more power, and lay people have gotten less and less power over the centuries. And so, I want to be democratic about this, and I want to be fair. I've prepared a sermon today. We can either do this sermon, or one of you can come up here and do it. <laughs> go with me? Okay, we'll go with me. All right. Sounds good. Gave you a shot. Okay. I want to talk about, uh, actually I realized when I said one of you could come up here. Notice I didn't point over here where the <laughs> clergy were. I'm almost certain there's at least two or three of them going, well, why not? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Sit down. Just go sit down. I know better. And I know some of them, too, so I definitely didn't look that way. So, What I want to talk about today is love. I want to talk about love, but I don't want to talk about love like a Hallmark card. I don't want to talk about love the way that we throw that word around so easy. I love my car. I love a Whopper with cheese minus pickle. I love my house. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of love that when I think of Heather, I think of this kind of love. I think of love of people. I think of love of life. I think of love of God. And I think we need to be very clear on what love looks like as a verb. And what does love look like when we make the conscious decision to roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty? That's the kind of love I want to talk about today. 
And I want to be really clear, even as a clergy person, I don't think our job is to save anyone. I think our job is to love everyone. And I say this because I want to be really clear, I think there's lots of institutions that do lots of good work. They do lots of good work. The government does good work. Social service agencies do good work. The church does good work. And when they all come together, we can watch magic happen. We've seen that happen. But I think we need to be really clear about what is the work that we do as the body of Christ. In short, what's our job description? I mean, I don't think we've got a good book. I think we've got a great book. But it's a big book. And there's a lot of words. And so how do we narrow that down? How do we find that one thing, that thing that matters, the things that are important? Now, I want to be clear. I work with a lot of homeless, and I think getting the homeless off the street is really important. I do. But I'll be honest. I think a roof is just a tool. And if we don't give people that love that they need and that they want so desperately, most people, because let's face it, the church has got a lot of dough. The church has got a lot of dough. If all the churches combined their money, we could get everybody homeless in this country off the street like that. But without love, the sad truth is they'll probably be back on the street within a year. Because love is the peace that matters. I was talking to one of our friends without a home down in Denver, and he was coming down to the park. We hand out lunches and communion and water every day at noon. And I was talking to him, and we were chit-chatting. He didn't want anything. I said, do you want a lunch? He goes, no, I don't need a lunch. I said, okay. We kept talking. I said, do you want a bottle of water? Do you want a bottle of water? I said, no, I don't need a bottle of water. And he looked at me and said, I could use a hug. And then I would love some sacrament. Because the things that the folks on the street need are no different than the things that you and I need. Somebody asked me recently, they said, you know, I really don't care how many lunches you've hand out. Are you changing lives? Because they still didn't get it. They thought the sandwich was just a sandwich. The sandwich is just the tool that we use to remind people that God still loves them. We hand out communion every day as a reminder that God still loves them, that God hasn't forgotten them, that there's nothing that they can do to make God stop loving them, that that love will always be there for them. I think too often the church gets a bad rap. I think too often we are told that we don't matter, that we're irrelevant. And the truth of the matter is the church is changing lives. But we have made the conscious choice to change lives from the inside out rather than the other way around. That's the part that matters. And even though we satisfy a lot of folks' needs, it really comes down to their wants. And what do a lot of folks who are homeless on the street, the least of these, what do they want more than anything? They want exactly the same thing we want. They want to feel loved. They want to feel loved. The folks on the street are no different than you and me. Now, we can get into this trap sometimes here in the church, confusing needs and wants. Because this church is awesome. I was, it, I've never been in this church before just a couple hours ago, and Heather told me, and I'm going to forget what she said, 1870, is that right? 
1874, 1874, this church has been around. Gorgeous church. You've got a great church. You've got amazing music. You've got a phenomenal pastor. But that's just the, that's just the stuff of church, you know? That's not really the, the core of church. See, the core of church is one thing. And this is true for any church you ever went to, the church you're going to now, and the church you'll ever go to. If you don't feel the love of God and the love of each other when you are at that church, then we have failed you. Then we have failed you. And I know that that kind of love exists in this church. And I didn't two hours ago, but I did after watching the first half of this installation. There is love and there is a joy in this congregation, and you can change the world. I'm going to tell you just a couple stories about some people that I know, and then I'm going to sit down, okay? Um, I believe that the essence of church is one thing. It's one thing. And if we do this one thing right, everything else falls into place. Do you want to know what the one thing is? I said... Do you want to know what the one thing is? Okay, good. Because I got nothing if you didn't. Okay, we would have been up the creek. Here's the one question you ask yourself. One thing. Is what I'm about to do, say, or think going to put more love or less love in the world? Is what I'm about to do, say, or think going to put more love or less love into the world? I'll give you a couple examples. Too often we want to think that it's some big thing that we have to do. We want to think that we got to go to Belize or we got to go to Haiti or we've got to have this huge committee to decide this monster thing you don't. You can put more love in the world today. Today. I'll give you some examples. Church is over. It's Sunday. And you go to wherever you go grocery shopping, you go to King Supers. And you go to King Supers, and it's, and it's big grocery shopping day. It's the big day. So you fill up the cart with everything. Everything you need for the entire week. You got Diet Coke underneath. You got dog food underneath. You got cat food underneath. You don't even have a cat, but cat may drop by, you know. So you got everything. <laughs> you got it all. You go to check out. You get your cart right there. It's overflowing. There's one guy behind you. The guy behind you has one carton of milk. And he's standing there like this. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm going to miss the game. <laughs> and you say, is that all you got? Just go, just go in front of me. Just go in front of me. If you do that, are you putting more love or less love into the world? More. Very good. This is the interactive portion of the sermon. Nicely done. Okay. <laughs> Different scenario. You don't go to the grocery store after church on Sunday because it's always crowd, crowded and packed. People everywhere. You think, no, we'll go out to lunch. That's what we'll do. We'll go out to lunch. You go out to lunch, you have a nice meal. It's not great. It's fine. Fine meal. Service? Service was fine. Fine service. Get done with the meal. You get the check. You go to pay the check up at the register. You put the tip on the table. And you start to walk away. You think, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to put one more dollar bill on the tip. Not because they deserved it. Just because you wanted to. If you do that, are you putting more love or less love in the world? Very good. You're two for two. Hands on your buzzers. Here we go. This is the speed round. It's going to be tougher. 
you decide for the weekend that you're going to go to Vail and go skiing. You've completely blown off church. <laughs> you skied all weekend. It's been great. It's Sunday now, and you're coming down I-70. Come on, Christians, don't lose it now. You're going down I-70, it's bumper to bumper, and this guy wants to merge in front of you in a Humvee, towing a boat. And I don't know why he's got a boat, honestly. It's the mountains, it's ski season, makes no sense at all. But I ask you, sir, do you let him in? You almost took too long. I'm going to go over here. <laughs> Claire, do you let him in? Absolutely she lets him in. Folks, if you do that, are you putting more love in the world? Yes or no? Yes. Folks, it is not a hard thing to do. We want to make it this really hard thing, and it doesn't have to be a really hard thing. It's a whole bunch of little things. Pope Francis said that this week. He said, it's the little things that call you closer to who God wants you to be. And so I believe that we can do that. Now, when I looked at this passage, I knew immediately which passage I wanted to talk about. Um, but I'll be completely honest, I couldn't remember where it was. And a lot of folks, and these people will attest that this is true, uh, a lot of folks who don't go to seminary think that seminary teaches you about the Bible. That's not really true. Seminary teaches you how to find really good Bible software. That's what it teaches you. So... Most of the applause you notice came from this area, right over here. There you have it. So like an idiot, I pull up the Bible software, and I can only remember a few words, so I type in the words, um, love one another, search. Bingo. Bingo. It's everywhere in the Bible. It's in the Old Testament and it's in the New Testament. It's in Paul's letters. It's in the Gospels. It's on Jesus' own lips. Love one another. And so the question we got to ask ourselves, how are we doing? How are we doing? We are called to go into this world and love each other. Jesus never said, every Sunday, come together, sing, pray, and tell me I'm great. Jesus never said that. Jesus said, love one another the way that I've loved you. Church provides us the opportunity to love people. That's what church lets us do. And actions matter. Actions matter. Belief's important, but actions matter. One of my favorite theologians, in fact, I just saw in the hallway that he, he spoke here at this church. Uh, Peter Rollins is one of my favorite theologians, and he's from Belfast, Northern Ireland. My grandma's from Belfast. And one of my favorite Peter Rollins quotes is this, and if you ever quote Peter Rollins, you've got to do it with the brogue. He says this. He says, I don't care what you believe. I want to know how your beliefs function. I don't care what you believe. I want to know how your beliefs function. His point is you can come to church every day and be on every committee and know the Bible from front to back. What matters is how you use that. How do we move that into the reality to change the world, to put more love into it? I'm going to tell you about just a couple of people that I know. One of them is a, a young lady. Her name is Whitney Bratford. And Whitney graduated uh, a couple of years back from DU. She was a student there. 
and she wanted to come and help in the park, hand out the lunches and things. And she's not a real tall person. She came up to me and she said, hey, I want to help with what you're doing in the park. I think that's important. I think it's important to take care of people. I said, great, well, you're welcome to come. She goes, but I don't do the whole God thing. I'm not real big on the whole Jesus thing. She goes, I'm not going to do that. But if you'll let me come and just help people, can I do that? And she had like this really intense look in her eye, and she was small, but she looked like she had good hand speed. I wasn't going to mess with her, so I was like, <laughs> all right. Um, said, yeah, no, you can, you can come down the park. She goes, okay. And she goes, and I, I need you to hear me. She goes, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to come if you're going to shove Jesus down my throat. And I said, first off, we are not a church that does that. We never shove Jesus. We're not going to shove Jesus down your throat, you know, unless it's communion. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's <laughs> Some of these are just for me. Some of these are just for me. Um, so Whitney comes down to the park, and we put her in charge of water. She's doing the water thing. So, so they can come by the table, they can get communion from me, then they can get a lunch, and they can get a water. And so we said, Whitney, all you got to do is hand them the water. She said, fine. And so she's handing out the water. And as many, often people say to me, isn't it depressing working with the homeless? And I go, man, it is such a joy. And there is so much joy in, in those people that have so little, that have so little. And we try to have a good time when we're down there. The joy of the Lord is our strength and all that. So we're down with that idea. We want to have a good time. And so we're having a good time. And Whitney can see this because joy is not a core competency of Whitney's. I'll just say that. <laughs> so she's handing out the water and she's going like this. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Yeah, and, and by she's showing up every single week. She's not missing it. And over time, she starts realizing she's the odd one out by not being in joy. And so I see her try, but it's clearly um, a growing edge for, for Whitney. Uh, so she's handing out the water, and she, she's going like this, and, and she's trying. God bless her. She's going. And she's looking at me like, am I doing it right? Like, is this right? One day we're doing the whole thing and we're coming down and it starts to log jam. And I can feel it, feel it start to back up. And I look over and there's no Whitney. There's nobody handing out the water. The guy's waiting for the water. There's nobody there. I said, somebody jump, get in here. Do the water thing. So they come over and they do water. And while I'm doing communion, I look over the person's head and I can see that Whitney's sitting on the grass and she is sitting there talking to somebody who's having lunch by themselves. Now Whitney isn't doing this for fellowship. Whitney isn't doing this because Christ commanded her to. Whitney's doing this because she knows it's awful to eat lunch alone. And so somebody said, do you want me to go get her? I said, no, 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 let her, let her stay. And that became Whitney's job every week going down to the park, which is to go and sit with somebody who was by themselves and to talk to them and to listen. Tillich said, the first duty of love is to listen. And so she would go and just listen. But I also know of something, and I know a lot of these people know something about this. There's something called compassion fatigue. And you just get burned out. And so I said to the person doing water, I go, listen, if Whitney gets done with this and she wants to come back, let her come back. She goes, okay. Sure enough, three weeks in, Whitney comes to me and she goes, I've been thinking about stuff. And if it's okay with you, I'd like to do the water thing. And I said, absolutely. I said, your spot's ready and we can have you do the water thing. And you can start handing out water tomorrow if you want. And she looks at me and she goes, what are you talking about? I said, the water thing. She goes, no, what's the thing with the water on your head? The... <laughs> Whitney had never been baptized. 
And so we took her to University Park in the chapel, and we filled the chapel with all her college buddies. Her mom and dad flew in from California. Her grandmother came in from Lubbock, Texas. And at the end of it, we were in back, and her dad called me over, and he goes, listen, uh, I got to be honest, we're not a religious family. We probably never will be a religious family. He said, but when my daughter changes her flight to come home on the weekends so that she doesn't miss being in the park, he said, y'all must be doing something right. Love one another the way I loved you. Are we changing the world? I think we are. I want to believe we are. I'm going to tell you about this other guy. His name is, I swear, I don't even know his real name. He's got one of those long black jackets. It's leather. It's like a cowboy jacket. Um, Duster. It's a duster. He's wearing a leather duster. And on the back it says, The Undertaker. Swear to God. (laughs) The Undertaker is on his back. He would come to the park, and he wouldn't even grab a lunch. He certainly wouldn't take communion. He would take a water, and he wouldn't even stop. Wouldn't even look at us. He would grab a water, and he'd walk away. Just keep walking. Day after day, he'd grab a water and just keep walking, not even look at us. And it used to make me so mad until I remembered, as you do to the least of these. But over time, over time, he started looking. And one day we had a breakthrough. He looked at me, and he gave me the cool guy head nod. You guys know the cool guy head nod? He grabbed the water and went, hey. (laughs) Breakthrough. Breakthrough. So I did it back. I'm like, hey. To which my wife said, don't ever do that again. He looks cool. You look like you had a seizure, okay? So don't do that. And I say that, and yet, over time, he started talking to me more and more, asking where the food came from, asking who paid for the food. He started unloading the car with me. And about three months ago, I heard him laugh for the very first time. Are we changing lives? I want to believe that we are. Love one another the way I loved you. One last guy. As many of you know who live here in Colorado, the weather will change in a blink. For all we know, it's snowing outside now. (laughs) It was one of those days where it had snowed like that. And it was snowing so bad, it was actually blowing um, sideways. It was blowing so bad. And believe me, not every day in the park is sugar-coated unicorns. There are days we don't want to be there. That's just the God's honest truth. And I know the guys in line certainly didn't want to be there. And so we're handing out communion. I say the same thing every time I hand out communion. I go, this is a reminder of how much God loves you. And Eddie came up, one of our regulars, and I handed him communion. I said, Eddie, this is a reminder of how much God loves you. And without missing a beat, he looked at me and he goes, you guys are a reminder of how much God loves me. And I, he rocked me on my heels, and I instantly flashed back to when I was Catholic growing up. And I remembered the prayer that we said when we consecrate the elements. We said, pour down your Holy Spirit on these gifts and offerings. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ. Wait for it. So that we can be the body of Christ in the world. We take Christ in so we can take Christ out. It took Eddie to remind me that we here are the sacrament. 
We are the sacrament. Are we ready to change lives? Because I got to believe we are. And if you're ready to change lives, I know someone who's going to help you do it. Are we ready to look for God in places that we don't normally think to see God? In diners, in grocery stores, on the expressway. Are we willing to love like God loves us without condition, without qualification, without requirement, without judgment? And are we willing to look for every single moment of our lives to find a way to put more love in the world? Because if you're ready to do that, get ready for your life to change. One last thing. Undertaker, who I asked more than 200 times about three months ago, took communion in Civic Center Park. Love one another as I have loved you. If you're ready to change the world, Heather's going to help you do it. Thanks be to God. Amen.